Good morning. I'm Doug Wright, and I was asked a few weeks ago to share my testimony by Scott. Or put my glasses on so I can read what I wrote. <laughs> I grew up in Friends Meeting, which is the Quakers. This is where I learned about the learned about God, Jesus, and the rich history of the Bible. And to seek that still small voice inside yourself, what I later figured out was the Holy Spirit. I can't give an exact date and time when I accepted Christ as my Savior, but realized in my early teens that there was a sense of, oh, that's what this is. And that believing that I needed more than I had and seeing a saving relationship with Christ was the completion of that. In my 20s, I grew to understand what that really meant to me. I can see how God has directed me, encouraged me, and been there in times of despair. Here are some of the ways he has showed himself to me. How I end up in the churches along my way and what they provided in my walk with him. As I said before, I grew up in friends meeting. I moved on from, from there to a small church that was meeting at the friends meeting house at the time I finished college. This was made up of people my own age, more so than the meeting was. I stayed there until that church dissolved. Then I started going to Washington Crossing Methodist and was there for almost 20 years. Due to some disagreement with leadership over the last few years there, it became impossible for us to remain. We revisited a few area churches and felt most in tune here. I remember going to the business meeting shortly after we came here and was very happy when Tim and the other elders offered their views on how a church should function and saw, in my opinion, the very things that our previous church no longer had. I felt at home. My wife, Alice, and I met at a single Bible studies at Washington Crossing. Six weeks later, we were engaged. We were both older, and we knew that this was it when we were together. Since we were older, children didn't come easy for us. After some intervention, we were able to conceive our daughter, Mary. I can remember the OBGYN walking down the hall to the exam room saying, Alice Wright is pregnant? <laughs> My response was, if you don't know what, how that happened, we're in the wrong place. <laughs> we all had a good laugh. We tried unsuccessfully to have a second, and that was not to be. We then, after much of disappointment, soul-searching, and pr- we pursued adoption. We went through all the meetings, did profiles, background checks, all in 20 weeks. The adoption staff at Bethany Christian Services put our profile in a binder by date submitted so that we were the last one in the book. The birth moms would then go through the book to help them make their decision of the adoptive parents. So on July 10th, which is Sarah's birthday, just 20 weeks after we started the process, Sarah's birth mom picked us to be her parents. So I thank God for the blessing of my two girls. Not very long after we went through all the emotional ups and downs, God put several couples in our path that were in the same situation. Talk about being given the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Our experience was a living testimony of what it looks like for those in the middle or just beginning the hard work of infertility. Both Alice and I had the privilege of sharing our heartaches, joys, and how we found our way to adoption. Also, I can remember in 2001, at our previous church, Washington Crossing, the day they proposed a new youth ministry program. I had not been part of that ministry, but felt the God Use Me wave hit. I was part of that ministry for many years until we moved here. I helped with activities and was a group leader for the, for the boys. In 2005, I was faced with a major decision involving my farm. At the time, I was milking around 90 cows and working way too many hours, which was about 80 hours most weeks, and not making as much as the man I had working for me. I had to make a change. 
After a men's retreat at the Pine Barrens at Keswick that fall, I found some clarity on what that change would look like. I saw my current situation at the time was not sustainable. I first thought I would just sell everything and do something else. Then I thought about the parts of my operation that I enjoyed and could be successful. That following spring, I sold my cows and transitioned into a business of raising young stock for other dairymen. I now continue this business to this day. Through the counsel of some godly men and prayer, I was able to see my way to making the needed changes. Fast forward to this past June. We got the call that no parent wants to get at 2 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Sarah called us from an unfamiliar number saying that she was in a car accident and that her legs were on fire. This began a series of events that we were not remotely prepared for. We were first told by the first responders to meet us at St. Mary, and then we would go there and wait and meet the ambulance, thinking that we would bring Sarah home after a short stay in the hospital. We got the heartbreaking news from the state police that her burns were so bad that she was going directly to Temple, the regional burn center. He asked us if we were praying people, and then told us that he had never seen an accident scene as bad as this one without a fatality. All three occupants were hurt, but alive, Sarah most severely. The drive down to Temple was quiet, for both of us were in shock. We waited forever at the hospital, over two hours, before anyone would tell us anything. We soon found out how badly her injuries were. Again, we were unprepared of what to do next. The doctor told us that Sarah was in danger of losing a leg due to the burns, infections, and many other complications. We came to the service that morning after leaving, leaving Temple with Sarah knocked out from the procedure she had in the ER and the burn care. We didn't know which way was up and where to go from here. We came to service that morning with the idea that we would head down after we came to receive some prayer and direction. We found out that Sarah was awake. But when we found out that Sarah was awake, we sent my sister and brother-in-law, who had come to meet us that morning, to go ahead of us. And then we left shortly after that. This was not our first crisis with Sarah, but it was most definitely our most severe. Back to the hospital in Philly. Lots of trips. 50 miles each round, each round trip. Lots of uncertainty. Infection. They told us to expect this. Lots of wait and see when she was ready for the next procedure. The consequences of those procedures. Seeing my daughter in terrible pain and knowing there was nothing I could do about it. She was in a burn ICU for six weeks, enduring many skin grafts, both temporary and final grafts, cleaning, debriding, and bandage changes. From the ICU, she was moved to in-house rehab for another two and a half weeks. In all, she was at Temple for 60 days. When she got home, she was still needed help with bathing, dressing, and had income in-home, nursing, and physical therapy. Progress was slow but steady. Through all this, you had a large part. Many sent cards or messages to her and us. Some made the trek down to Temple to visit her. Many provided meals for us. Several came alongside of us in prayer. For this, I'm very thankful that you were faithful in our time of need. Sarah now lives in an apartment on the farm by herself. She just finished up her outpatient PT. She got a driver's permit, and she starts at Empire Beauty at the end of the month. Things are looking up for my little girl. She did a lot of growing up in a very short amount of time, and I also look forward to see what is to come. One last thing. Before the accident, I had a premonition that we would have a, be having a service for Sarah here. What I was thinking was going to be a memorial service. 
We did have one here for October. It was our high school graduation. I thank God for that fear. <laughs> it was changed into a celebration. Thank you.